Welcome to Inside Sponsorship, the show that provides sponsorship professionals with advice, insights and news so they can maximise their commercial programmes and achieve best practice. Hi listeners and welcome to episode 25 of Inside Sponsorship. I'm your host, Daniel Oyston. Before we jump into our topics for this episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to Chuck Hover, who is a sales, marketing and motorsport partnerships professional in Albany in the New York area. Chuck is always one of the first people to like, share and comment on our content and he reached out a few weeks back on LinkedIn and wrote me a message that said, huge fan of the podcast, it's given me such a lot of value, can't thank you and Mark enough. So Chuck, thanks for reaching out and the very, very kind words, great that you get value out of the podcast, it's definitely why we produce it. In this episode, I sit down with Mick Spencer, CEO and founder of On The Go, who are shaking up the apparel industry and have rapidly become one of Australia's fastest growing sports apparel brands. We're also going to have a bit of fun because Mark's blog that we are discussing is all about how he would go around selling the milk porridge rights for Santa's reindeer. I certainly enjoyed having a chat about it with Mark. It was it was a lot of fun. So here's our chat. Mark Thompson, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. How many sleeps? Um, we are about... <laughs> What seven? Eight, well, you've ten, got you've something? got you've got know. young kids, so each night only really counts as half a normal sleep, correct? Yeah, I I I've got two and a half sleeps until you are not here anymore. Will you sleep more or less um, soundly when I'm not in the country? Um, oh, actually, I haven't thought about that because you're <laughs> going to be awake when I'm asleep. Yep. Oh, that could be that could be dangerous. So, for the listeners, I'm jumping on a plane on Sunday, Sunday night to head to the UK. So, if you're in and around. Uh, London, or I'll be up in Leeds for a little bit. I'll be there from sort of, I don't know, 19th, 20th of December. So I think I'll fly back out on the 16th. So drop me an email, daniel at sponsor.net, or hit us up on Facebook or, or Twitter. And if you uh, like to sit down and drink coffee or have a pint and talk shop, then I'm uh, more than up for that. Yeah, Christmas in the old dart. I don't think you'll be drinking much coffee. I know. My wife uh, just started packing and she said it's uh, very. Uh, unsettling packing coats when it's 32 degrees outside. <laughs> Leave them there for me, will you? <laughs> okay, so it is Christmas. Yes. And so we're going to talk about sponsoring Santa. Yeah, bit of fun, mate. Mm. So we're going to talk about, I think we've we've picked milk porridge rights. Yep. And you're going to talk through the process of mm-hmm. how, as the sponsorship manager for Santa, you would go and find a milk porridge rights partner. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a bit of fun looking back at uh, some of the stuff that I've written about and we've spoken about on this podcast this year, you know, aligning benefits to objectives, how to, you know, do your research, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I just thought for a bit of fun, let's pick a property of Santa's. Yes. Milk porridge, right? Yes. You know, given Santa is the the rights holder beast in the sponsorship world that he is. Yes. Um, And let's try and figure out how we find a sponsor and who they might be. Very good. So what are you doing first? Um, well, what I do first is I'll start to pull my story together. So my story, you know, my pitch basically. Um, and there's four key elements that I personally will try and work on to, you know, before I even go to market. Um, the first one is my USP. So my... Should be good. This one's pretty easy for Santa, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, he's the only rights holder that's synonymous with the biggest holiday observed globally. Um he has represented his presence in most countries around the world and retail outlets globally leverage 
his brand to oh, drive from engagement. O- from October these days, they're right. putting up pictures of Santa in the shops. Yeah, mate. I went in, then what about Christmas in July? So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good point. So, you know, the, the USP is quite unique. You know, it's it'd be like being the only football team in the world's most popular football competition. Mm. You know, that's it's uh, it's quite a unique USP. So that that's not a hard one. But then, what you need to do is back up your USP. Um, and I like to do it with statistics. So I'll, I'll be looking at things like what what is my global reach as Santa's sponsorship manager? Massive. Um, how many homes will Santa visit? Uh, the number of children impacted or benefit, benefited by Santa. Yep. Um, and the total time I'll spend in the air, which I call the peak engagement period. Yes. <laughs> the kids should be in bed, though, to be fair. Well, not when you're in the air for 31 hours. Yeah, you're right. Gonna, you're going to have some pretty early, you know, people that are pretty excited. So, um, you know, they're, they're the two biggest sort of underpinning factors that I would put in my pitch. Um, and then you get into the, the nitty-gritty of it. So, they're just the engaging bits. Um, so are you looking at available inventory before you yeah. you sort of getting your ducks in a, in a row there? The USP and statistics will, will pretty much, they'll try and draw alignment. Um, they'll, they'll try and peak interest. And then and then my available inventory is just st- something I need to know myself around, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm prepared. I know what I have available to offer partners. As I, just as I identify what a partner is looking to achieve from the partnership, um, you know, what can I offer them, basically? So I need to know my inventory, and then I need to have my creative in order. Um, so I'd work on a deck piece. It succinctly outlines those uh, three pieces of information. Um, but what I'll also generally do is, um, you know, tailor have a bit of the the deck that can be tailored based on the offering. But then I like to augment that deck with a one pager. So I'll never go out and just try and sell cold sell someone on my first meeting. What I will do though is uh, I'll go prepared with a maybe a one page after the meeting goes really well. I've probably spoken to the person on the phone. Go and have, have a coffee with them, um, you know, or if they're on the other side of the world, Skype or an, an email, and I'll just leave a one page highlight reel of what the opportunity is with them. But only when I know I've got a follow up engagement with them because you don't want the highlight reel to be there for them to consider. Mm. It's just for them to be refreshed for when you catch up again a bit of a difference and we've put a lot of that information in an in an infographic so we've got an infographic uh so that's my one pager that's your one pager that's my one pager very good yeah so so you can head along to the blog and and see the infographic it's got all sorts of opportunities and statistics and and things like that on it okay so you've you've you're ready to go Yep. Well, you've got your ducks lined up, so to speak. What's your yeah. next step? So now I start prospecting and doing my research on those partners. So given the size and reach and, and profile um, of Santa, <laughs> the um, and we're not talking physical size, we're just talking <laughs> size of, of the brand. He likes skim milk. It has to be skim milk porridge, right? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, have you read on? No, I've <laughs> only skimmed over it. Well, that's where we're going to land. Oh, okay, um, good. So... Large multinational brands are, g- are going to be my obvious target, right? It's 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 kind of no point targeting a capital chilled foods unless you're doing re- mm. regional targeting. So, therefore, I'm thinking along the lines of like Nestle, the top four in the world: Nestle, Lactalis, Danone, Fonterra. Um, they're the top four dairy companies in the world, and they're my first research targets. Obviously, if they don't fit well, then you keep moving down the list. Uh, but in the process of researching, I assess what objectives I can help align through my USP 
and my available inventory. So I've come up with three core objectives that, that Santa can help a potential brand achieve, and that is brand awareness. Yes. Brand positioning. Yes. And community engagement. Ching, ching. So based off both what Santa can help achieve, I mean, he can help achieve a lot of things. Um, Just general happiness. Yeah. But through my available inventory, they're the things that I'm actually in a position to engage a partner on and sell to because we've already sold you know our apparel partnership we've already sold our, our sleigh rights yes. we've already sold our uh what else our have boots? we sold our yeah, boots, boots yep. compression the the carrots carrots yep. so, yes so we've kind of we've gone around all of the designations and um you know this is quite a, a fantasy you know a fantasy and a, and a very high level <laughs> well if you can <laughs> pull this off i'm guessing out. you're going to get a very big bonus at christmas <laughs> yeah, hopefully Toys. so so you, so you looked at the objectives that you can yep. help them achieve yeah then then what are you going to focus on so then i then i actually will do some research into the prospects and and what i'm looking at are, around those guys is you know what are their current partnership activities around the world um, what current marketing behaviours and activities are they displaying? So, you know, are they doing billboard displays or are they just doing, you know, core, you know, small, regionally focused stuff? Um, do they have any sub-brands that they use? Because these are big brands, right? To push as their hero brands through the appropriate channels that I'm looking to, uh, to achieve. Um, and then and what other Christmas-related activity or partnerships? Uh, th- and they can be either blockages to a potential engagement because they've you know they've already chosen their their cart that they're going to follow through christmas or my offering might augment those you know it might actually drive those to be more successful those campaigns so um they're the kind of top four things i'd look at i'm obviously going to pick up lots of other little insights along the way but if you can nail those four things then you're going to be off on the right foot to at least have a conversation with somebody and then it's time to send the cold proposal <laughs> first contact is is where you're at right so oh sorry um my first contact with these companies always will try and be via an introduction um to have an initial conversation set up by a trusted source what's so, the best option for that look I, I use linkedin yes um and being a global opportunity at a global brand and the the, the size of the world linkedin is, is probably the best unless you've got other partners that are in the same geographic area as these targets and my research actually, funnily enough, showed I did. I actually did some research into Nestle and Fonterra. Yeah, right. And um, and I have contact two connections that are current clients of mine that have worked with the the decision makers at Nestle and Fonterra. Oh, right. So okay. current clients of Sponserve. Yes, could make a direct introduction. So people I have a relationship with have worked either at Nestle with the decision maker or Fonterra with the decision maker. And of course you're dropping Santa's name so that's going to go down well. Exactly right. So, so I mean that's a perfect scenario and it's like I literally did that search and it yeah, was right. just lucky. So um, so you make first contact I'm guessing in this scenario it's a yes it's gone really well. Yeah it's gone perfectly. Otherwise the blog otherwise the blog finishes. What happened like clockwork. <laughs> so <laughs> I had and it happened quickly too because oh, we got back to you that 10 afternoon. days out. Yeah. So um so following my first contact I ascertained that Fonterra had some strong community engagement objectives within their marketing plan but they've got their very little branding objectives outside of New Zealand. Um but Nestle are big on branding through their skim milk and nan products. Yep. Um and we're both focused on engaging with parents and communities within retail environments. Oh, so, perfect. You know, you've got, you've got public branding and then their activations are all around retail environments. Where do you find Santa in the lead up to Christmas? Uh, at the photo booth thing. Shopping centres, Yeah, mate. shopping centres. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, retail, go and sit on Santa's knee. Retail name. outlets. Yep. So, at this meeting, obviously alignment, obviously engagement with Nestle. 
um, I left behind my one pager and yep. made an agreed time to follow up to meet with them again to, to, to make my final proper pitch. Yes. Not final pitch, my proper pitch. Yes. Um, you know, and so because they were so engaged. So so you're going to go away and build that now? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to finalise, remembering I've already built it. Um, I've built the nuts and bolts of it, but now I've had my meeting, so I know how to finish it. So, um, you know, I'm ready to pull it all together. Um, I've decided Nestle is my my approach, and luckily for me, I'm off to Switzerland for Christmas. Oh yeah, right. Like <laughs> Christmas, well done. Yeah, so uh, a lot of perks to this job. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I I've mean, got... the milk will be frozen when you're there to drink it, but whatever. <laughs> no, it's fresh, mate. Um, they're making it there. So I've got my USP already yeah, in yeah. there. My statistics are already in there. Of course. Um, so now my understanding of their marketing objectives and how I can align to those ben- benefits. So I, I'm adding in things like um, your, their marketing objectives are brand awareness. I can help them achieve that through slay signage. Um, we've got some brand positioning opportunities. So they're the official milk of Santa, licensed to all retailers. Um, and then community engagement, some Santa appearances presented oh, yeah. by Nestle, Nano Skim. Very good. And how long is this, this partnership going to be, you reckon? So then I, I actually will put in there a, a, an initial term and, and just as a starting conversational point, you know, rarely do you get this part right, but it's always good to set, a, you know, some sort of expectations. So I've, I've put in there a two-year term. Yes. You know, you get to see two Christmases and two Christmas in July's. Um, and then the <laughs> benefits I've chucked in there, are, you know, you get two, two logos on Sanders Slay globally. Um, you get promotion in all marketing activities to licensed resellers of the uh, as the official milk supplier to Santa. Yes. Um, Ten exclusive Santa appearances. Oh, imagine having Santa at your uh, staff Christmas party. Yeah, well, I'm thinking more. Um, or just on Christmas Day, come to your house. Yeah, some more, some bigger opportunities. But yeah, cover yeah. the turkey. Yeah, that's you're you're, you're looking at the chairman's choice there. <laughs> um, and then I've got ten pre and post. Um, Christmas branded content pieces promoting Nestle's Christmas moments, you know, the, the stuff with the kids and people enjoying the tea products. You the know, tea get your idea you in the fields. Your, your, your Nestle milk mixed in with your eggnog. Yep. Um, and then the ability to leave discount vouchers under each tree globally for discounted access to Nestle products. Yep. Okay. That, you know, that's a fairly big opportunity. Yep. And how much is this going to cost me for the year? <laughs> I price this out at $27 million a year. It's all right, it's actually. It's a bargain. It is a they'll bargain. Sell that, they'll sell more of that than product. Yeah. So. Um, is it payable in installments or up front? What, that's a conversation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Most likely installments. I'd like installments, Depends please. when the budget is. Need a payment gonna, plan. They might have to move some pro- some money before the end of December. Very good. What else can we do? Can, can we rework or twist this any yeah, further? Yeah, like this is just a really <laughs> fun, fun thing. But, you know. Given the the broad reach of Santa, why not start to get a little bit more strategic with your sponsorship portfolio? So, you know, we, we saw there as part of my research that Fonterra would have potentially been a great partner in the Australasian market or just across Australia, New Zealand or just in New Zealand. So, um, you know, you're going to have potential rights holders that have different appetites for activation in various markets so the rights are going to be need to be different because they're not going to be able to use some in some markets that they can in others local distribution challenges will will hurt them as well as the capability of local um, employees and stuff to actually activate and drive the partnership so i would sort of tend to look to more towards like regional rights for santa so, it spreads the risk a bit, doesn't it? Well, it, it totally spreads the risk. It, that takes some deeper research and some more conversations, but that's all worth it because the, the spread of risk and then the commercial upsides of your being able to sell the same asset, you know, 50 times over is, um, 
would would be would be fantastic. Very good. So I almost want to work for Santa now. <laughs> that can be arranged. I'm um, sure I could be an elf. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've just had a very poor mental image then. Okay, so um, we're really interested in uh, listeners. We're really interested yep. in how you might approach it if you've got anything to add to the conversation. So look, drop us an email if you've got any comments, or, yep. or find the uh, the post on LinkedIn. We can leave some comments or any of the various sponsorship groups we post into. And so. I've thrown in a bit of a test into the infographic there where. Um, I want you to look at all the brands that we've already signed over and above the milk porridge lights rights yep um, and who who who's the odd man out there and why mm. that's what we'll just give us a bit of feedback bit of fun to end the year let us know and uh, help us share a bit of your expertise leading into Christmas very good well I just realized this is the last podcast before Christmas. Well, I kind of knew, but now I feel a little bit nostalgic talking about yeah. uh, and you're wearing red and white I am wearing red and white this yeah. is more my tablecloth shirt but yeah. um <laughs> Listeners, I hope you enjoyed um, listening into Mark's chats uh, around all his blogs this year. If you've got any ideas for blogs, questions for him, make sure you hit us up. But we uh, we hope everybody has a great Christmas. Cheers, mate. Merry Christmas to you too. Founded in 2011 by Mick Spencer in his parents' garage, On The Go has rapidly become one of Australia's fastest-growing sports apparel brands. On The Go design and manufacture apparel across multiple sports, including hockey, cycling, triathlon, running, basketball, golf, and rugby, just to name a few. They are the official partner of BMX world champion Caroline Buchanan and the CBR Brave in the Australian Ice Hockey League and excitedly recently announced that they are the official apparel partner of Hockey Australia. Built around the mindset that every day matters, On The Go is now firmly established as a leader in delivering customised sports and teamwork that not only empowers but inspires. Now, for this interview, I visited Mick at his house and we we simply could not resist the opportunity to sit outside at the end of the day and enjoy the beautiful weather of an Australian summer and have a chat and a beverage. It's the first time we've recorded outside, so you'll hear a little bit of uh, Australian wildlife, but for me, I think that only speaks further to the authenticity of Mick and on the go. Here's Mick. Mick Spencer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Icebreaker question. What was your first ever job? Uh, my first ever job was at McDonald's, and uh, I was probably a little bit below the age limit at the time, but my sister was the manager. Yes. So a bit of interning there. Yes. And then that turned into my first job, and it taught me a lot about working systems and working with my sister and uh, processes and, uh, yeah, great operation. Actually, looking back at it now, it taught me a lot. And, and skipping way ahead, is that the sister that works in the business with you now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So our operations manager, Alicia, my older sister's in the business and uh, we've had a great few years, yeah. Very good. So you are the CEO and founder of On The Go. Tell the listeners a little bit about your business, where it's come from and how it's evolved. Yeah, sure. So On The Go is uh, about four and a half years old now. I started the company uh, while I was at university studying sports science and uh Back then, my core focus was delivering customized cycling apparel faster and easier than anyone else in the in the world, really. I saw a massive gap in the custom apparel market that was pretty fragmented from a customer experience level all the way through to production level and uh, took some risks uh, with customers who had pre-sold kit and needed them in a few weeks when no one else in the world could deliver it and made it happen. And uh, from there, it kind of then expanded into multiple categories. We went into triathlon quickly health and fitness, and then a bunch of team sports. So we've grown quite quickly now. We're out of the garage and um, team are close to 20 now and uh, sold over half a million units across 10 countries and quite dominant in um, 
quite a few team sports now and starting to enter in some high-performance partnerships, which is exciting. Yes, and we'll get to those in, in, in a little while. Four years, when a business is young, you don't have a lot of money to spend on marketing, especially the big expensive things like advertising. How important is partnering with events and athletes and teams and being in helping to grow your brand? It'd be great if you could talk people through some of the examples that you've got there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I started the company, I had 150 bucks in the bank. So the the big thing I learned was that there's a lot of power in the people you work with and leveraging their networks and their relationships and their reach. So in the early days, it was all about maximizing every order I delivered and, and trying to work with that customer in understanding what networks they had that I could tap into. And because I had done something great for them, they then had a really good conversation that they could lead me into. Um, so it was a lot easier than a cold call or a cold advertisement. There was a qualified relationship and then that folded into uh, event partnerships and probably the first big one was uh, the world's big triathlon brand Ironman where you know I, I realized that they needed someone who could design and produce highly technical apparel delivered fast for their events but they didn't have the biggest budget so what I was happy to lose on margin I gained from asking them if we could kind of do some co-branding and then us leveraging that opportunity and making us look a lot bigger than we actually were um, to that target audience so as that grew we worked with you know key athletes and key partners and and all kinds of customers and I guess opening up the whole partnership opportunity where there is a certain win-win for both sides and uh, working together on, um, you know, exploiting the opportunity um, and, and, and talking about it is the biggest thing. And I think, I think it says a lot. You've got to find in an early stage business, you've got to find people that are like-minded and there is a lot of them out there. There's customers, paying customers out there who do want to support people's growth. Um, and even as you grow and evolve, um, if you can find more customers that have like-minded values, they're likely to push you a lot further. Mm. So, um, And what about partnerships with individual athletes like Caroline Buchanan? Yeah, so look, athletes were always a big focus because my focus was always, you know, I love building products, but I'm not an athlete. So, uh, you know, how can we build products with athletes who are, who are world-class, but then be able to deliver that product down to grassroots and consumer level? So... A lot of athletes want to get involved with product development and a lot of the bigger companies are too um, bulky uh, from an R&D perspective to be able to deliver that service. So it all came down to me literally one-on-one measuring them up, getting them in the right kit, working with my factories and manufacturing one-off pieces that they would wear, competing, training, traveling, um, setting world records and all the rest. Um, and that passion and pursuit, I guess, of, of building a product for that athlete specifically, but then working with them to gain, a, uh, I guess, a wider audience uptake. So, When you're involved in sponsorship and, and partnerships, what objectives are you generally looking to achieve? What are those big overarching objectives that you want to make sure that on the go achieve so it helps grow your business? Yeah, it's a, it's a, really, it's a really good question. I think the big thing for us is that we um, – I guess the, the, the vision of On The Go is to empower the world through teamwear and we, we live by the ethos of every day matters, every moment counts. So everything we do from an activations point of view goes through a really strict process to make sure that people are, uh, are the right aligned people, you know, and, and the right aligned partners. I think it depends on the type of category that we're working in or the type of... Uh, commercial route that we want to take around what we want from those sponsorships or partnerships 
Um, I mean, you've got here, uh, you know, as a as a note, brand awareness. Well, I think brand awareness is and consumer recall is is absolutely um, critical in in today's market. Um, and 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 people people trust people now more than more than ever. So uh, so I guess brand awareness and and positioning is very large. Community engagement though is is one that we're very focused on because you know I realised early on that there was a lot of grassroots and community left behind. Uh, with bigger companies focusing on bigger partners and bigger teams with bigger reaches, which makes commercial sense. But I also believe there was a lot of opportunity to have a lot of community partners. So community engagement is very big because that's where our business is. You know, um, teamware and clubware for us is a very big category, and that's that's where we want to be because we solve a lot of problems for them. So community engagement is very big. Um, I guess there's there's there has to be a strategic reason why you go into partnerships and once you address a certain market and understand that there could be an opportunity to grow your business in it you then look to who influences that category and uh i think that there's there's teams athletes partners at the top of each category and there's people down in grassroots that that influence the category so i think it's important to have a split across it all yeah Good answer. So you've the big news. I'm not sure if it was this week or was it late last week, but the big news for you is that you've just signed a five-year deal to be the new partner apparel for Hockey Australia. So congratulations on that. How how'd you get the ball rolling there? How'd you start the conversation? Yeah, no, it's super exciting. So we went, we 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 announced it uh, in the last few days. Oh, what are we now? Yeah, so it was last week. It's late, a Tuesday. Late last week. <laughs> it's that time of year. Uh, but it's definitely been in the pipeline for a couple of months. Um, super exciting for us. It's our first national team, uh, first, uh, I guess, high-performance... Olympic sport. Partnership, Olympic sport, AIS, athletes, etc. Uh, and it's a big, all-encompassing deal, which is why it kind of took quite a while. So I... Um, it actually kind of happened by way of a bit of networking with the CEO and uh, it just so happened at that time that they had um, they had almost gone out and uh, were looking at signing an apparel partner and it didn't follow through uh, and then there was then there was a um, then there was an opportunity a very short opportunity where where cam and I had uh, had had met and just immediately shared a, a really um, I guess a collective value set around what on the go stood for and where we wanted to be as a company and the values that hockey Australia had and and for hockey Australia the the genuinely awesome thing about it was they were not looking for a really large partner they'd been there in the men's and they'd been there in the women's and you know they wanted someone who was a, a growth leader and they wanted someone who had you know strong values and and uh i guess a much more younger fresher approach you know dynamic dynamic and hockey's at an interesting time and i think that the next few years are very exciting for the sport there's there's a lot of changes going on and there's a lot of um there's a lot happening and it's uh you know i wasn't a an expert hockey player but i i definitely went out and and did my research and and you know analysis and talked to to those and uh, it, it really excited me. So we then went through the process, and um, you know we put in a we put in a submission. Went through the you know the legalities and the processes of, of a submission and all of that, and spent a lot of time with their high performance. And I think that was the big thing was that for us, I was very passionate about how we could solve problems that they had in the past. Yep. Um, typically, in the past, the athletes hadn't had a lot of say in what they wore, 
And I thought that was quite shocking, you know, considering that, that athletes play for their country and, you know, their apparel is so important. Um, when you put apparel on in a team situation, it's what you stand for and it brings you together towards a common goal. So whether you're training, whether you're traveling, whether you're playing, it's critical, but yet they had been left behind and just expected to put this garment on and, and, and use it and yep. that's it. And a year later, um, here's, here it is again and there was no say. So I guess from our perspective, you know, we're a very direct factory link now. So our biggest manufacturers are shareholders in the company and we've got a lot of R&D opportunity now. So that was a big passion of mine was how can we customize ranges for these athletes so they've got say and, you know, that was a big thing for their high performance that was solving a problem for them. But also down to the officials, to the staff, to the to the to the to the indoor teams to all of the people involved i think the biggest thing was athlete engagement um a brand that had social values um and that one that was you know ready to to kind of get on the pitch with the measuring tape and make the <laughs> make the perfect product for the athletes oh, i think it's a really interesting dynamic because you're a business owner i'm a business owner we talk about making sure that we give our staff the best tools so that they can do the best job and they feel empowered to do great work Clearly, apparel is an important tool for an elite athlete, but also if you're producing good apparel that they're engaged with and they feel like they've got ownership of, they're going to amplify that message much further, you know, with things like social posts and things like that, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, uh, apparel is so often, uh, you know, left to the last minute or it's something that, um, you know, it's just expected that it will turn around and it'll be fine, but it, it's usually a headache. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity there. I mean, at the end of the day, when an athlete wakes up on game day and they put their kit on, that's what they stand for that day. There's nothing else in that person's life that matters. And they work their ass off to get there. Mm. The coaches work their ass off to get there, yet they end up with these boring polo shirts that, that don't stand for much, you know. So there's a lot of power in apparel. So tell us a little bit more about the partnership with Hockey Australia. How big is it in terms of uh, length and um, what will you be providing? Uh, because I believe it's, it's, it's the first time that Hockey Australia have unified both men and women and staff and officials under the one apparel brand. Yeah, absolutely. So it's super exciting from that front because it's the first time in hockey's history that the Kookaburras and Hockey Roos uh, and then all the men and women in the other uh, in the other teams associations have been under the one provider. So that a solves a lot of logistical challenges on their end because uh, from an ordering size in delivery perspective, that can be a nightmare. And f- the thing that we're offering them is a very centralised fulfilment opportunity that it's very simple for them to order, get the sizes, and um, and be engaged in it. So um, look, so where we've got a five plus five year contract, and uh, we will we will be the official apparel partner for. Uh, all of Hockey Australia and all its uh, associated IP. So, so on the go will be the official apparel partner, and uh, and that will uh, encompass all of the Hockey Australia uh, teams, associations, assets, really. And uh, so we will be the brand behind um, the Hockey Roos, uh, the brand behind the Kookaburras, um, the brand behind all indoor, uh, all masters, all juniors, uh, all officials uh, and staff. Uh, and then, and then, and then that's from a basic front, really. That that's kind of the the baseline of it. So we will be providing um, uh, all the apparel head to toe in on the go, like literally everything they train in, everything they almost sleep in, everything they play in, everything they travel in. And uh, it's a beautiful collection. It's going to be very exciting once it releases. And uh, but then also from there, we'll work with them collectively uh, in activating leisure and lifestyle. Uh, there's a big opportunity with the hockey demographic who want to support the teams and, and associated events and, and 
people nowadays want products they can wear and hang out on weekends. It's not all about bright, shiny sponsorship anymore. It's uh, it's subtle branding and how how can you build products that people want to wear, not have to wear. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of leisure activation, and then from there, we've, there's a lot of R and D in the in the agreement. So we will be and already have been working on the pitch with our product designers, building out new products, and then taking that great high performance product down to a grassroots level, and finally making hockey team wear, um, you know, one that is uh, almost replicated of what the the Aussie squad wears, but accessible for the for the clubs and teams. So we'll be working on activating that down to all the, you know, two hundred thousand plus participants of hockey in Australia, and. Uh, yeah, so it'll be very, very exciting. And what's the rough timeline or, or, or release date for the, the range? So uh, all the range has been signed off as we speak, actually, for 2017, and uh, all their uh, all their kind of income, uh, all the agreements that have had in the past finished at the end of this year. Um, so we we actually have our first drops at the moment uh, this week with with some of their indoor teams, and um, and then into kind of uh, February, March. Once teams are selected and uh, and all appointed, then um, uh, everyone will be getting their their first kit for the year. Very so exciting. We're, uh, we're 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 mad madly working very hard in design and production at the moment, and uh, yeah. So, what are the uh, on the surface? Clearly, you're going to be the official apparel partner. You'll have uh, manufacturing marks on the on the uniforms. You'll have links on websites because we're a partner. What other benefits can you tell us about that you're going to receive in the partnership? Whether it's tickets or signage or community engagement type stuff. What else is there? Yeah, sure. So we've we've, we've got a. Um the, I, I guess the standard assets, yes, is we've we've got on the go all over every garment, and um, and we're building a great experience for that as well. You know, this is the first time athletes have engaged with our brand, so we we see a big opportunity for when they first get their Australian kit to unveil that package, like it's the coolest thing they've ever done in their life. Um, so we'll be we'll be working. Um, I guess the access, the the big one for us is you know we, we've we've got opportunities to to have ticketing and signage at different events and and um and different festivals of hockey and all the activations um we'll be working very close with the executive team around other activations from a international perspective i mean hockey australia is always looked at as as kind of the the country for it in the world you know everyone looks at what the hockey rules absolutely do so um so it's a great opportunity for us on a global front because it will lead to um a lot of international opportunities uh, the big, the big one is is the, I guess, the partnership with Hockey Australia and breaking that down into community engagement. So how can we work with a lot of the athletes in doing joint activations at grassroots and club level, um, working with the athletes on endorsed lines um, of product, and um, and 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 various other areas. So we'll be together jointly doing big social media campaigns. Um, we'll be jointly doing video and photo shoots. We'll be making hockey the sexiest it's ever been. That's that's kind of the way I see it. <laughs> that sounds like a great goal. So I read uh, when you first met with Cam Vale, Hockey Australia's chief executive, that you and he shared a vision for social inclusion. How do you see On The Go and Hockey Australia working together on that front in this partnership? Yeah, so On The Go has a uh, division uh, called Social Impacts by On The Go. And, and what we do in that is uh, each quarter we take uh, a portion of our sales and, and that turns into a fund and then... With the amount of sponsorship and charitable opportunities that um, we have as a brand that is actively, uh, I guess, making impacts in this area, we then decide what we want to fund or work with in that quarter. So one of the big things for hockey is how do we 
essentially take hockey out into some of the rural communities of Australia. Uh, so that's going to be one big activation opportunity is uh, jointly working with some of their other sponsors is, um, you know, with one of our partners over in Western Australia who, who has, has programs in about 32 villages in the Kimberley and the Pilbara is working with athletes, taking them out to, to grassroots areas, teaching, teaching the sport of hockey, donating gear to some of these, some of these kids that have never had brand new sports kit before um, so that'll be a big front uh, on, the, I guess, the underprivileged uh, Aussies opportunity and, and helping those get engaged with some of these professional athletes with On The Go and Hockey Australia. Uh, and then from there, um, there's a lot of, I guess, from a, from a social impact point of view, we're doing a lot of work at the moment uh, in R&D around environmental fabrics and, and, and taking what is technically artificial uh, fabrics and, and uh, starting to manufacture some... Um, some yarn and various fabrication that is uh, fully recyclable. So we'll be starting to test out those within the, the, the performance apparel that goes on pitch, which is probably the first time that's ever happened uh, in hockey. So Yeah, okay. Sounds very exciting. There, so There'll be a social impact kind of strategy between, between the Yeah, between absolutely. The and it sounds like it's coming together really nicely. And, and a key part of that is around engaging the athletes around in, or in you know the, the design of the performance apparel. And it's a core focus of how on the go do business and Hockey Australia clearly see it as important as well. That would be one of the reasons they decided to partner with you. Do you have any plans to, or can you let us know any secrets around activating the sponsorship and maybe are you looking to create behind-the-scenes content about that process and bring it to life and, and, and giving people the inside story? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, with the, the Kookaburras and, and the Hockey Roos, it's the... They're the heart of Australia. So, you know, they're, they're very well followed. And every single individual athlete has a very big social following, you know. And I think that you'd probably agree with me on this one, but the statistics say nowadays that you can make a lot more impact from an influence point of view working with individuals than you can with teams, Absolutely. than you can with associations, than you can with government. So there's a huge amount of social opportunity for both of us. I mean, at the end of the day, both both organisations are aligned to grow the sport of hockey. That's the kind of the core focus. How do we do that? Well, it's got a range of activations. Um, the big one that we'll be focusing on is that is starting with that athlete engagement from a product perspective, really personalised product for every single athlete, uh, and then tapping into that social opportunity. You know, when they're unveiling their kit for the first time, when they're working on the pitch for the first time. Um, so our marketing team will be working very close with their marketing team on all these opportunities because it's uh, it's getting hockey. Um, known to the wider audience uh, a lot more than they have been and it's obviously good for us to, to be a part of that. Um, they're, but they're changing a lot of really cool things. They've, they've got a really great young, fresh marketing team. They're starting to do um, you know, press segments on Facebook Live rather than the traditional kind of press side of things and there's a huge amount of opportunities there to work together. Now, I think one of the really cool things is is that because the athletes are going to be involved in the, the research and development, they have so much more ownership of the end product and so they feel almost as if, you know, I use this word a little bit usefully, but they almost have a responsibility to tell people about the cool stuff that they've been involved developing. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, our merchandise manager had said when she walked away from the pitch over at Perth in the high performance uh, area about a month ago, you know, she said, look, I was just blown away. This was the first time that a company had ever sat down with them and actually asked them, what on earth do you want to play in? How do you want this product to fit? What do you think about these colors? How's this cut look? What do these fabrics feel like on you? You know, let's change the traditional track suits. Let's get you in some cool product. Like, so there's a massive opportunity there, right? It's very simple questions to ask, you know. 
but it had been lost a lot in the past. So Absolutely. So during my research, I noticed on your site that you have a reasonably detailed form that people can fill out as a sponsorship and partnership proposal. Do you have any people putting in submissions through that channel and do you think it's, do you find it's an effective way to, to manage proposals? Because I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the reasons you put it up is because if you're like most brands, you get you know inundated with requests for sponsorship. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a scalable mechanism to track it all, right? And um, and uh, yes, for, we, we get anywhere from, I would say, you know, the numbers could be anywhere as from five to 40 inquiries a week on that, you know, around people from whether they're Aussie battlers wanting to ride around the country, you know, to raise funds and change the world through to, uh, through to you know, teams who need support. So um, we have a sponsorship budget. And, um, and we also have commercial objectives and uh, the two marry close together. Uh, back in the day, you know, when it was me getting off the ground, it was all about anyone who wanted to wear my product, <laughs> I'd give it to them. You know, wow, you want to wear an on-the-go item? This is incredible. I'll give it to you, you know, and then you realize, okay, we've got to, you know, then I started getting some people who are a lot smarter than me around the business who started telling me, you know, we've got to line this up to how our sales strategy works and how our segmentation plan is. So we get a lot of inquiries through it. You know, it's a great way. We're, we're very, um, you know, if I could, I would support every single uh, inquiry that comes through because we get so many great stories. And, and I always see, um, I always see, uh, I always see them, I always review them. And, um, you know, our marketing team now make a bit more of a decision on what we can do and what we can't do. Um, but we'll always try to help people. You know, if, we, if, if, if there's not something we can do that they've requested, we'll always try and understand if there's an area we can help. So, um, so you, so you hear lots of great stories and you get anywhere between 5 and 40 proposals or inquiries a week. What makes someone stand out? What grabs your attention as a brand? So I guess, you know, as we grow and evolve, what grabs my attention as the founder and what grabs the brand's attention somewhat differs. Um, I guess for us now, we're very focused on the categories that we're activating and, and where we want to be in the marketplace over the next, you know, 18 to 24 months is a big focus for us. Whereas for me, I'm very much a, a values-driven person and I can see, um, I can fall in love with people very quickly, <laughs> you know, which often isn't the very smartest commercial <laughs> thing because typically if I'm responsible, I'll support everyone. And then, you know, then my marketing coordinator tells me we've run out of budget and, you know, and I say, well, it's all good, you know, but these so people were so nice. That, they were great people. So I think, I think for, for us, what we make decisions on is uh, it's not necessarily on performance at all. It's, it's about who, who is the person, what's their story, and, uh, and, then, and then what are they trying to achieve, uh, and, then, and then how does that link into something, and do they have a commercial mindset that they can help us grow our business, and, and usually the ones that we go with are the ones who actually give us a story. You know, it's like someone asking for a pay rise, right? You know, the, the smart ones come in and say, we're making you this amount of more money. You know, we want a pay rise. It's like the ones who ask for sponsorship that are smart say, look, we want this support, but I can guarantee you that we're going to introduce you to these five opportunities that you're going to close two of these deals and you'll make your money back plus more. It's, you know? a, it's those people who understand that sponsorship is actually a business decision based on your marketing and your business objectives. Absolutely. There's very few people now who write checks willy-nilly, right? So. Well, I don't know any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to find them. Yeah. <laughs> so we might have already covered most of this, but do you think since you first started and, and you said before that you know you used to just sponsor pretty much anyone and they want to wear your kit, but looking at it more seriously, do you think you've gotten much better at sponsorships in, in maybe more recent years in terms of focusing more and extracting what you want to get out of a sponsorship? 
Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that comes from the team now. It's not just me anymore. You know, I've got a fantastic marketing and program coordinator who's been marketing and partnerships manager of a big team before. Um, you know, she she's a dynamo in understanding what the core focuses of the quarter are and the quarter ahead. And typically, we're very booked now from a from a marketing budget perspective with the amount we spend online, with the amount we spend with athletes and and key sponsorships. So, um, uh, you know, plus we've got you know great people uh, above the organisation from a board level that that understand what makes differences and what doesn't. Um, so we have gotten a lot smarter because I've gotten a lot further out of it. That's, that's <laughs> I guess, the summary. <laughs> so um, when you look at sponsorships these days and right told us a positioning benefits for you, you know, it might be tickets, signage, you know, digital activation, social media, that sort of stuff. What sort of things are they sometimes positioning that you just think they don't get it? That's just not something that we would even be remotely interested in. Yeah, it's a very interesting question and I guess it comes down to the type of business you're in as well because some things work for different businesses. Look, for us, we're not always, I guess, that passionate about things like tickets um, and the reason is, you know, you usually know someone who knows someone who can get tickets. Yeah, correct. So, so there's not a lot of value <laughs> to them when you're in the industry. Um, but I guess I guess, um, I guess, the big ones for us are... Uh, uh, you know, ability to influence, especially from an online perspective. We're very much an online business. We track ratios online every single day. Um, what our traffic was against the day before, against the week before, what our uh, impressions are against where they were. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's a big one is, you know, traffic, social reach and all of that because we can actually track the success of that. And I think an, an, an interesting point for the listeners, those on the rights holder side, Mick spoke earlier before about when they walked away from the Hockey Australia pitch in, in Perth a couple of weeks ago, how impressed they were that somebody actually cared and took the time to ask them what they would want to get out of an apparel partner. For those people selling to brands, it's not that much different. Mick, what is important to you in your business? We track this, we want influence, traffic, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not just make the assumption that you want tickets and so we'll put that in the proposal. Yeah, of course. And I think that the, you're 100% correct because the, the best partnerships, and I've, 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 um, I mean, we're, what, our, our, my mentor founded the North Face, right? And, you know, they, they sponsor Everest. They have big partnerships with, like, very big budgets. And it, it all comes down, even at that level, when there's, when there's budgets of a couple of hundred million dollars a year minimum um, around mutual partnerships, like not, not, not always saying, Here, here's the standard. I think that's gone of the days. You mm. know, here's your $10,000. You get two of this one of that and three of that you know i think people can be a lot more successful if they actually try and understand um you know call it strategic sponsorship deals you know absolutely you absolutely. ask someone what their budget is or what they want out of it and then build it around that what's next for on the go in in the sponsorship space many plans yeah 2017 will be big for us we've got a lot in the pipeline and i mean the big thing for our front now is technology we've been investing a lot in our team and a lot in development of technology and the reason behind that is that you know typically the industry as i said earlier has been very fragmented from what people can design and then how that floats all the way through to manufacturing and and um so we've been building out a lot of technology backbone around how how that can uh, work and scale big so Next year, there'll be a lot of retail activations from an in-store custom-made uh, solution, and and um, we'll have some exciting uh, announcements in the new year about that. 
that will then flow through to starting to appoint some really strong uh, profile influencers. You know, we'll have a really big focus on um, maybe one or two more high-performance partnerships in the next 12 months, um, but there'll be a very big focus on the social uh, on the social media aspect of things and, and really focusing on working with, with key influencer individuals um, because that's where the power is. You know, we, we, um, there's, there's big power in the individual now. Mick, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about On The Go, what can they do? Oh, well, they can, uh, they can search On The Go uh, pretty easily and they can track us that way or they can, uh, or they can search custom teamware and we'll be a number one on Google. <laughs> no, or they can, uh, look, they can jump on onthegosports.com.au or follow us on uh, Instagram at onthegosports, uh, the, same, the same handle on, uh, on Facebook or uh, you know, certainly reach out to me through LinkedIn or any other channels. Mick Spencer, CEO and founder, thank you so much for taking us inside sponsorship at On The Go. Thanks for having me. I also thought, considering the freshness of the Hockey Australian On The Go partnership, that I would also grab a few minutes with Cam Vale, Chief Executive Officer of Hockey Australia, to get his thoughts on the partnership. Here's Cam. Cam Vale, welcome to the show and congratulations on your partnership with On The Go. Yeah, thank you. It's really exciting for us as a sport and... Um and yeah, really looking forward to working with uh, Mick Spencer and the team for the next five years. This is the first time that men's and women's hockey teams have unified under the one apparel partner in Australia. How important is that for Hockey Australia to do that? Look, it's been really important, and, and I should say we've had two very good partners across both teams in the past, but um, or up until now. But it's it's been something that uh, myself, the senior management and the board at Hockey Australia have been keen to resolve after this next period forward with those contracts ending and that we would have one uh, apparel partner across uh, both teams. Uh, we represent so strongly on the dual gender front in nearly everything we do and, uh, and we're just very keen to make sure that apparel uh, was the same. Um, you know, there are, there are parts of, of the hockey gear, if you like, that quite specialised, so still footwear will we'll sit separately. But um, the apparel side having the same branding, you know, we're all both teams play for the one organisation, they play for the one country. And as much as we could, we'd love to be able to unify, um, you know, as many of our, our key partners across both, excepting that, um, you know, we have two very good naming rights partners with uh, Fortescue, with the Kookaburras and Austral, with the women's. But from the apparel side, you know, and outside of just that outward looking, uh, feel and face and, and everything that we want to do through the teams, obviously the efficiencies internally by working with one partner um, is, is enormous and particularly if on the go, you know, they are an exciting young company that want to do a lot of really good things in the R&D space and, you know, it'd be crazy that if they were with one team and not the other, you couldn't get the benefits for, for both teams. And would you say that that's probably one of the reasons that they're such a good fit for you guys? Yeah, look, I think one of the, the, the key things, and again, all, all my comments are out on the go. They're, they're certainly not about uh, our current or the partners up until 2016 or before that. But with on the go, you know, there's no doubt that they want to be with us, which is really important. They see us working with them as a, as a way where both brands can improve and, and be bigger and better. And I think, you know, the challenge sometimes in this space is that, you know, some, some of the bigger companies, some of the medium-sized apparel companies, have a lot of clients, have a lot of different sports, different clubs, etc. And I think you know it is quite exciting for us that we sort of have just matched up in that we both brands think we're 
at a point of huge growth and um, and the fact that, uh, you know, we can do it together, I think, uh, is enormous. You know, they're a Canberra-based company uh, and there's something about Mick Spencer that just <laughs> makes me as a CEO very excited. I've got about 15 years on him, so um, <laughs> I can see where he gets his enthusiasm from, uh, being in his mid-20s, but, um, you know, his passion for what he's done uh, you know, he, you know, if you, they're putting too much pressure on him. You know, he, he will be one of the big players, and um, and I think it's great for us as a sport that we can we can hopefully be part of that. We won't be the only reason for that. They're doing a lot of great things, but um, but I'd like to be able to look back in five years and say we were part of it, and now we're also a fixture with that company as we've seen with other sports and apparel partners that um, you know you can become a fixture with them for the long term as well, and that would be my great hope for this. Certainly beyond my time, might be beyond Mick's time. He'll be there with on the go forever. But for, for you know, for the next contract after this one, you'd, you'd want it to be the start of a very, very long-term partnership. Absolutely, and I would agree that uh, his enthusiasm is very infectious. Is there anything else that's really impressed you so far about your dealings with on the go? Uh, look, there's certainly, as I said, the the enthusiasm's been really high. Their their, their knowledge of both. Uh, high performance and wanting to be in that R&D space to push high performance outcomes has been very impressive. You know, apparel is one of the many, many one percenters that are just critical to um, to success uh, on the pitch. So I've been very impressed there. But balancing that is the fact that they are they are a company that wants to greatly connect grassroots. And again, for us, that's huge. You know, we we want a partner that can that can hopefully help us grow not just the branding through the national teams, but the connection and hopefully the outfitting at state and club and all the way through to grassroots and and then ultimately through areas like uh, leisure and, and and casual wear. So I think you know they're, they're impressive because you know they like their name on the go. They've got a lot on the go, but but at the same time they're very measured about how they want to do things. And I think that's um, you know it's a real credit to Mick and. Amy and the rest of the team we've been dealing with it uh, on the go. Cam, I know you're travelling at the moment. You're not in the country, so thank you very much for sparing us a few minutes and we look forward to seeing the partnership between Hockey Australia and On The Go blossom. Cool. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate the time. Thanks again to Mick and also Cam for spending some time with us and taking us inside sponsorship at On The Go. Mick and the team are certainly impressive in how they are approaching the industry and I think the Hockey Australia partnership is going to provide a massive platform for them to build on. If you want to connect with Mick, head along to onthegosports.com.au, search for Mick Spencer on LinkedIn or search for On The Go on all the normal social media platforms. Of course, you can head along to the show notes where I've provided all the links. Just go and visit sponsor.net. And speaking of sponsor.net, you'll also find a link to Mark's blog and a copy of the Sponsoring Santa infographic. If you want to connect with me, then you can do so on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston or drop me an email at daniel at sponsor.net or on Twitter using the handle at sponsor. And of course, you can connect with Mark Thompson on LinkedIn or email at mark at sponsor.net. If you want to walk a few inches taller for the day and have a shout out just like Chuck and be the envy of others in the industry, make sure you get in touch and I'll make it happen. It's always great to hear from you guys. So send us an email, give us a call, reach out on social media and let us know if there's any topics or questions or any guests that you'd like to have uh, on the show or just say hi. Finally, I'll be spending a month in the UK from next week, the 19th of December. So if you are around and and you fancy catching up for a coffee or a drink, be sure to get in touch. It would be great to meet you. Until next time, I'm Daniel Oyston. Thanks for listening to Inside Sponsorship.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more episodes, blogs and resources, head to sponserve.net or search for Sponserve on Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn.